Welcome everybody to Jeff versus the world. This is episode number five. Number five is here. It's a special episode and I have a special guest, a rich fan. And I am going to let him introduce himself, tell you guys what it is that he do and how you can contact him and listen to him on all his uh, endeavors. (laughs) Well, thank you, sir, for having me on. Yeah, like Jeff said, my name's Rich. I uh, am a contributor, work at the PW Torch, which is one of the biggest pro wrestling newsletters here in the United States. Uh, I do two shows there, The Deep Dive and the uh, East Coast cast with Travis and Cameron Hawkins. And uh, really, if you follow me on Twitter at Rich underscore fan, F-A-N-N, you'll see I like a lot of things. And I, I like to talk about them, politics, sports, wrestling, comics, and I'm happy to be here today to talk about one of my favorite things, which is movies. Okay, okay. Um, so we're going to jump right into it, and I'm going to stress this for anybody who may just listen. We are going to be talking – Avengers Endgame and if you haven't seen the movie just turn this off now turn it off listen to it after you've seen the movie because we will be talking about spoilers major spoilers and it's just something you need to go see for yourself Um, so the first question just to start it off Richard what I want to ask you is what did this movie how did you come into this movie what did you feel about the movie afterwards Oh, man, I was an emotional wreck after. I mean, I came in with nothing. I saw the previews. I avoided all the, like, uh, hey, here's a leak, and here's some options of things we heard happen, and that stuff, so thank God for that. But when I actually got into the show, I was just going to absorb it and take it in for what it was, and so it blew my mind. Yes. Um, I'm right there with you. I mean, I just didn't didn't have the words because – my emotions were very everywhere from happy to sad to just everywhere. So with that being said, let's jump into one of the characters that had a very major arc in, I mean, a a heavy arc, even when you look throughout all the movies and and that is Thor, uh, fat body Thor, (laughs) uh, the whole movie, he was on the plump side. And it worked. Somehow it worked. And it was, I think, his character to me was the most interesting just because of where he started. And as the movie kind of, you know, said what he thought he was supposed to be to nail him going to find himself. Um, That's one of the characters that I really uh, enjoyed. And um, what was your feelings on the character of Thor as far as Avengers Endgame and how his character basically I looks like he's going to be a guardian of the galaxy? Uh, probably a volume three, maybe. That's the way it's looking. But how did you feel about him? I loved it. I mean, one of the big things you saw from the people who survived what they call the decimation or the snap that you remember from the Infinity War, they had like loss and levels of PTSD that you know, I'm not prepared to be, I don't think any of us are ready to like talk about how much these people were shook. The shook levels are off the scale. And for him, it even starts when they're in the kitchen right after the snap. And he's thinking about, he should have taken the head. He had, he had already started down the road to becoming fat Thor or four or Thor, whatever you want to call him. Um, 
he had a whole, I don't know if you know this yet, he had a whole uh, a bowl of Cheddar Bay biscuits, like all the carbs, and he already had a beer in front of him. So that was already the warning sign, like homeboy, like, like his mom said, he just, like he was not, he wasn't eating the salad. He was trying. He was eat, working through it. He was eating through it. So I think him being shook like that, even having the honor of killing Thanos, wasn't enough because it was a pyrrhic victory. Like, it, what was the point in bragging about killing the dude that decimated the world when you couldn't do anything about it? Um, he was even like just a teary mess. Like he he was just like a homeless dude at times. You know, you had the Lebowski joke by by uh, by Tony. Yeah. And I think the moment that got me was the conversation with his mom and when he called from Mjolnir and said that I'm still worthy. Like, that got me when I was like, he, all this time he thought, like, because he never, he didn't have Mjolnir anymore, he just knew he had a weapon that they crafted for the king of Asgard. What Would I still be worthy of the hammer? And the fact that it was, he was, kind of gave him that push to be a little bit, go more towards what you're saying, being the man he, being okay in the man he is rather than the man people expect him to be. Yes. Um, I, I I really do hope that's what they're going with as far as the Guardians thing because I just think him and uh, Peter Quill, they, the banter between them is just going to be excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I, I want to see that. Um, I'm sure, you know, it'll be more than just, you know, them bantering around. I'm sure I think it's just going to be more of them going to look for Gamora uh, 2014. Uh, but we shall see. Um, another character that I really enjoyed, and we can really dive into this, is Captain America, because you saw exactly from where he started to where he ended, and it just seemed just right. And that was one of my uh, emotional moments <laughs> of seeing that because. He was a man, you know, out of time, out of his time. And you just yeah. always could tell that he was just, it, you know, I'm here, but I'm not here. You know, I'm doing the job that I have to do. You know, I'm working with the Avengers. You know, things got messy. Um, and then coming back from, you know, what him and Tony had went through to go through this with Thanos. And now seeing that ending and him passing it on to Sam, which was like, I, I, man, I just got choked up because I, you know, I always, I knew they could go that way by giving you a passing, you know, torch over to Sam, but just seeing it and the crowd that I was with just erupting, it, it was, it was something that, you know, I'll probably never experience again in the movie theaters, but it was just great. And I just thought that that was real touching that, you know, he got, you know, he, he not, he got what he deserved. He got, this, you know, you be with Peggy and, he got what he wanted, which was just a life. Yeah. And for me with Steve, I took it as, like, the entire movie, especially when we got a chance to see, like, old Steve from, like, the first Avengers movie, mm-hmm. he's been hanging on by a thread to the point where he took over the roles that his friends who got snapped did. Like, he was basically, for most of the movie, he was Sam running the support group, talking to people like in The Winter Soldier, trying to get them day-to-day while you're still trying to find out what your purpose is because he had lost his purpose. And then him getting the hammer in the fight, in the final fight against Thanos, 
pushes you back again to Winter Soldier because when he when he tried to pick up the hand. I'm sorry, post-Winter Soldier. In Age of Ultron, when he tried to lift the hammer when they're having their celebration, it moved a little bit. And when you think about the way time works, he knew about Bucky. He knew about what had Bucky had done and hadn't told Tony. So he wasn't worthy. At this point in the movie, everything is clear. His he like Just like Thor, he's the man he's supposed to be in the man, instead of the man people want him to be, and he's worthy again. And him being able to live that life, go home, be a family man, so to speak. Uh, I teared up when Thanos shattered the, spe- the, the the shield. Well, first I got hype when he used the same combo with the hammer and the shield that Thor and him did when they were having the, the three-way fight between him, Iron Man, and uh, well, him and Iron Man and Thor. That very first move that we slammed him, and that kind of cleared that forest out. He used that as a combo on Thanos and also used it as a way to re- reflect both weapons back to him, which was wild. But I did when Thanos broke that shield down to a nub. And you th- I thought, okay, because I, like, like I said, I didn't watch read any spoil. I didn't know who was going to die out of the six, but I figured someone was going to. I was like, this is how they're going to take Tony out. I'm, I'm not Tony. This is how they're going to take Steve out. He's going to get stabbed. Everybody's going to be just a second late, and they're going to try to pick up the honor. Nope. Everybody shows up. Oh, man. And they came for him. Because usually in every other movie, he's the one that shows up to even the odds. So in his darkest moment, his friends came for him. And then he said, when he said Avengers Assemble, I cried like I was in a Tyler Perry movie and I got married. Like I was gone. The tears. When he said Avengers Assemble. Okay, I I have to get this out. See, um, when I was younger... Um, comics were a thing that I used to escape because I'm I'm naturally an introvert. So like podcasts, talking to people, just me interacting just like this with you right now. It's not foreign to me, but it's something that's growing on me because I've used to be just an introvert. So comics were everything to me. Mm-hmm. And seeing that, seeing <laughs> just him say, because they teased it. Um, which movie was it they teased it in? I can't remember. Anyway, they teased it. You know, he said Avengers, and they cut it off. I guess it's one of the you know, end credit scenes in one of the movies. In my oh, mind. that was the end of uh, Civil War. There you go. And When he had his new team, and he was tra- training them. Seeing everybody, and I mean everybody. You know, I had to explain this to my son because he was like, well, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy aren't Avengers. So why did he – I said, hey, everybody is an Avenger. Let me say, everybody has been an Avenger. And just to see that scene and them coming to save him was just like, wow. I was like, I'm actually seeing this. And it was just beautiful. It was just a beautiful thing. And it would then, after that, just them re- basically having a, a relay with the gauntlet, trying to get it to um, Ant Man. It was, well, it was just amazing. I really enjoyed that part. I, enjoy, I just enjoyed the character. And everything they did with uh, Steve Rogers, but this is one question that I have, and I'm not sure if anybody's asked it yet. With him going back and living his life, he ch- he changes the few he changed he changes things now, right? That changes everything. Well, that's the one thing, and I've, I've been I've been waiting for this, and so you know, anytime I talk about Avengers, that's the one thing I got. the The first rule they said is. 
and this kind of ties into it's a uh, it's called the grandfather clause with the theory of time travel. Like if you go back and shoot your time, your grandfather, you won't exist because he you know you killed him. That's kind of also what they loosely you know call now the Back to the Future theory. Mm-hmm. They eliminate that because they say that anything that happened in the past made the future, so you can't change the present. So what I posit is we never saw when uh, we when we saw the Winter Soldier. We I'm sorry, and it was the end of Winter Soldier, not um, uh, in uh, Civil War because they had already broken up. Um, or maybe it was Age of Ultron. At this point, I don't even know. I'm losing my mind. But during uh, Winter Soldier, we meet Peggy, and she's older, and he's been seeing her every day. And she talks about her husband and her kids, but we never see a picture. Mm-hmm. My theory is he was fulfilling the destiny he was supposed to fill, which means he always was going to do that. He was going to go back in time, live his life with Peggy, when Peggy got sick, he would have to kind of like dip out because he knew he would be coming in 2013, 2014 to visit. So he, I believe he either faked his death or, you know, once her Alzheimer's kicked in, he had to kind of like step away. And then also, just like the ancient mentioned, because we, we, we got to talk about that a little bit too. The ancient realizes everything she did was wrong, but she still had to do it in order for even to get Sorcerer Supreme because he would be the greatest of us. So even in the act she was committing and knowing maybe it's wrong, maybe it's right, I know ultimately it will be made right by Steven. So I think the same thing with Steve. He goes back in time, has this life with Peggy, has kids, yada, yada. While, and because I was talking with a friend of mine this morning about this. So they were really at one point, I'm um, trying to think about what time it would have been. Um, in 2012, we would have had during the Avengers, like they, they probably lived in Washington based on how, where Peggy was when she died uh, or somewhere else. Who knows? You know, yeah. um, you would have had three Steve Rogerses in on earth at the same time. You would have had 2012 Steve, the 2023 Steve who goes back in time and 2023 Steve who went back in time and stayed. Okay. And if your head's hurting, listening to that, mine was until about 10 o'clock this morning. Okay, because I was sitting here and I was just wrecking. I was like, okay, so when did he go back? Did he is is the frozen Steve still down there and he just took his spot? That's what I was thinking at first. I'm like, because when they said, you know, you can't go back or you'll change things. That's the yeah. only thing I was thinking. I was like, is that a did they mean to purposely do that so that if they ever need to, you know, if he was to, you know, Chris Evans was to come back, they would have, hey, we got this, and you remember we did this? But what you said, what you were saying sounds correct, because that would make sense. Yeah, and then on top of that, there was a Marvel dude who's a big blogger, Man of Bites on Twitter. He He brought up something, and then it shook me to my core, because he was like, just wait 10 years from now, when you have the Fantastic Four and the X-Men and what's left of the Avengers going up against like a Nihilus and then all of a sudden steps out of a shadows, whatever his real age is, Chris Evans as Captain America ready to scrap. Yeah, I, I saw that. And I, I just got excited just thinking about it when I saw it. I was like, oh, man, that's a tease. I was right like, there. I have to Men in Black zap myself to forget that because that is so great. I need that to happen. Yeah. Um. Wow. 
you know, I feel silly now. I was like over. I thought thought for a second the last couple of days I was overthinking it. I was like maybe no, but I just kept on thinking like no, no. he messed up something. And I was just like okay, but you, what you were saying makes more sense because we never saw a picture and she had all timers and it was like that makes sense. And and then you think about like um, the. It, this is dark, but you think about the fact that she would remember him and be lucid and talk about her experiences and her husband, but then the, five minutes later she'd be like, Steve, I haven't seen you since you went under the ice. Like, her Alzheimer's would have protected him, and him knowing that would have protected him. She wouldn't be like, oh, oh you just came by three days ago. Yeah, that makes that makes that makes perfect sense now. I'm glad <laughs> now I don't have to think about it so hard anymore because I was that was the one thing that I just kept thinking about. But now that makes more sense. Um, the uh, one thing about this movie too. And think about um Loki because Loki is the only exception I can think because Loki is kind of the rule that Ancient was talking about. You can't take an infinity infinity stone from its point in time because that branches and makes multiverse. So I'm assuming when they make that Loki TV series, because we know the uh, Tesseract exists in 2014 still, it's him and his wacky adventures up until the point he gets caught. Yeah, and which I thought was fantastic. I was like, I, I love what they did there because they pretty much set up the Disney Plus show for you right there with that. Yep. Um, and him doing the little yoink. Like he realized in a second, like, okay, wait a minute. These dudes trying to be shady. Because even remember, he was in there when they had the Tesseract. I, I, oh, man. that Him just being that much of a jerk and then just grabbing it and dipping. <laughs> it, it, it was great. He got out of there. I really loved it. I, I'm a fan of heist movies, so it was great to watch them yes. put, try to pull off this heist. And I, I just love heist movies, so I really enjoyed it. And them having to go back. And you know, at certain points in the uh, MCU, and I enjoyed um, uh, Steve Rod the Steve Rogers fight, him fighting himself, the current Steve fighting uh, Steve from was it uh, 2014 or 2012? Uh, them 2012. two, yeah, 2012, and he's fighting. And he's like, I could do this. Ah, oh, yeah, I already know. He said it so much in the MCU. He's like, ah, I don't even want to hear this no right. more. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Um, it was about the elevator. Like, that was a complete remix from uh, Winter Soldier where he's like, don't worry, I got this. Hail Hydra. Oh, man. It, all I was thinking about was every everybody um, in the audience, and, you know, I'm sure I was a, a whole bunch of comic fans. That's all we was thinking. Oh, it was from the comic. It was from the comic. A shout out to the comic. He, the way he said it and just, like, panned in, he was just like, Hail Hydra. I was like, yeah. That was a little, you know, shout out to the nerds who know about what's going on and stuff like that as far as the comic. Um, the oh, And I also enjoyed uh, <laughs> Tony not letting Hawk get in the elevator, tell him to take the stairs. <laughs> and the Hawk really kind of messing up everything <laughs> to, make that, to make that part of the heist go down wrong. Yeah, and, and it's great because it's like when you think about it, when they made uh, Infinity War, that was basically the big – Rock'em Sock'em, super action movie with everyone kind of bringing a little bit of their personality. With this movie, it's really an Ant-Man movie. And as you've seen from the Ant-Man movies, stuff always goes wrong in a heist. And Tony getting concussed by Hulk because the, Tony made him take the stairs is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, I thought it was a sweet moment that Tony got to go back and talk to his dad. Um, I thought that was really cool because at that point now, five years after the snap, you know, he's a father and he kind of understands that his father wasn't really, you know, a hard, you know, being a jerk just to be a jerk. He was just trying to do the best that he could as a father for his son. And I thought that was a real cool moment that they got to have with each other. Um, Yeah. And it's also one of those weird paradoxes where like, or no, it isn't a paradox because again, same rule as with Steve, Tony gives, Howard Stark, the advice that Howard always gives Tony. Oh, wow. You're right. Remember? Cause he's, he said, you can, you, 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 you can always have, you can always have it was like money over time. I can't remember the exact quote, but that was what his dad always told him. And he just told it to him. And you know what it really, what it really comes down to this movie is a lot. It's really about, I'm not going to say all about, but it's a lot about time. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve Rogers, you know, losing time. Um, Iron Man having time, wanting to still keep that time with his with his family now. Um, the people of the five years that haven't moved on, it, you know, it has to do with a lot of loss and a lot of you know just time because nothing really lasts forever. And I think that's one thing that hit me after all these movies, uh, twenty two movies now. You just like, well, you know this. This story had to end eventually. And yes, there were certain things that maybe you didn't want this person to go. Maybe you, you know, wanted another person to go. But it just wasn't going to stay the same status quo as it was. And things move on. And I just think, you know, talking to you right now, just like, hey, hey, time is a lot. And I think that plays a big factor into the movie, just time alone. And, you know. Yeah. Like my favorite person in the movie was someone I never thought in a million years. I was talking to my buddy Jason about it this morning when he sent me like a DM, like, Hey, I saw the movie. I liked it. What did you think? And I was like, I never thought in a million years, my favorite character coming out of this movie would be Nebula because she's a definition of what you're talking about right now. She saw herself in a way that very few people could. She saw herself as the mirror image of the abused daughter of the angry daughter of the angry, jealous sister and how time was the thing that fixed that and fixed the relationship she had with her sister. Yep. And so when she's yelling at herself as past Nebula is beating her up and saying, you know, you get better, you become, and then telling Gamora, we become sisters. That was like, that guy, even when she cried like Gamora cried when Thanos died in the first movie, and it was the reality stone, but this time it was really him getting beheaded. That's her dad. Yeah. If she had gone to Vormir, Red Skull would have been like Nebula, daughter of Thanos. And that was really cool. Like even shooting herself, like she loved her sister more than herself and didn't know on that moment, like, you know, they went through, you know, the quantum physics, how it is in back to the future. But if the rules held up like any other movie, she was killing herself to save her sister. Yeah. You know, I what you say to that, that that's one person I did enjoy was Nebula because you you just saw her from where she started from in the Guardians until again until now, how the change, how the you know, her sister seeing her father and what you're saying, seeing herself, it's 
that is it's an interesting arc for her, and we, and we get to see it keep on continuing because it looks like pretty much she's taking Gamora's spot until I guess they find Gamora. Um, right. I, and then look at what she did with the Avengers. Like she called, she wasn't calling James. She wasn't calling them like War Machine. She wasn't calling anyone by code names. She called Rhodes instead of you know Colonel Rhodes. She called him Rhodey when yeah. Ant Man was sitting on the bench. Like she's friends with him. Yeah, she's friends and family with uh, with uh, Rocket. Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, he sat down with her and held her hand. And I was just like, oh, wow, because it was a, it, and that was a nice, you know, that was a nice call back to when Drax, you know, he's Drax and him sat mm-hmm. down beside each other because you could tell uh, Nebula and Rocket are kind of kind of the same, similar, had the similar path where, you know, I just don't want to be around anybody and I don't care to no, they really do care. You know, it just took people to care for them to get it out. And they both have been people that have been worked on. And that's why I see she identifies with Rhodes. where like, you know. They're amputees, and or you know, they've been, you know, messed around with. And he said a really good line. And again, similar to Thor's mom and everything else we've been talking about tonight, Jeff, where he's like, "We work with what we got." Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think of one more thing before I hit the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. As far as um, Hawkeye or Ronan and Black Widow. How did you feel about the, I guess the, I guess them killing off Black Widow, question mark, because I know I've heard she's supposed to have a movie. I don't know if it's supposed to be a, you know, a backstory or anything like that, but I was just interested in how did you feel? Because I think it was the right choice because, you know, Hawkeye, he had his family and he still has something to live for, but the Avengers, and everybody in that group were Black Widow's family. And, you know, because of everything she had to deal with in her past, I guess she was the right choice. But how did it sit with you as far as her, you know, sacrificing herself to get the Soul Stone? Oh, I didn't mind it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a perfect arc for her. I think it is going to be a prequel because we finally, we'll finally be able to see what was the red she got in her ledger. And even the visual of that. Her, her hair has all that red in it, like as a visual representation of she's carrying this weight, not only now of the sins she's committed, but her perceived sin of failing her family. And how the only person who got to see her break down was Steve. And even when she let him see it, and it was similar to when she had that conversation with him in uh, Winter Soldier when they were together, like she has to couch it in a joke because she can't leave it that raw for that long. So her sacrificing herself in Formir and willingly, as opposed you have the juxtaposition now of two people. You have her flinging herself out of the hands of Hawkeye to get the Soul Stone, and Gamora being thrown by Thanos so he could sacrifice his daughter for it. And it's like, I mean, even the fact that before she died, she finally got her father's name. Like, that was a lot, man. Yeah. I just, oh man, I just, you know, I feel like they, I feel like Marvel could do something sneaky, but maybe they won't because just the way that, um, uh, the Hulk said, you know, I I tried as hard as I could to bring her back, but I couldn't, um, but maybe not. Maybe I'm just thinking about it too much because I do like her, her character. I do like the way Scarlett Johansson plays the character. So 
Yeah, I mean, I guess a backstory, of, you know, a back, a backstory of her would be fine for a movie, but I just wasn't sure if it was a backstory or not. But I guess you're telling me it yeah. is. So yeah. I think it is. I, I mean, I don't know 100, percent but I think it is because, and I think they want the stakes of the li- like, even to the point where I enjoyed how they did the credits with the original six. They literally, and I saw Deep Palm retweeted. I didn't want to because I feel like Mondays when I'll start with spoilers on my timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like them signing off, like each of them having that little signature at the end, like that was the last time they'll ever be together again. And yeah. that's a heck of a goodbye with her sacrificing herself for her family in a way that irrevocably changes, like Hulk. Like Banner, from that moment he left her because he couldn't handle the possibility of having a long-term relationship with his fear of the Hulk to the point now where he accepts the Hulk and wishes he had more... A, back to what your theme was of this episode. He had more time because now he's a whole person and can bring what she needed to the relationship. Because remember, she even alluded to that. She was like, there was a time where this was unthinkable to you. Yeah. Um, another part of the movie that really got me, this is this is when the emotions start coming up, so y'all got to bear with me, is, and I'm, I'm sure you can relate, Rich, uh, having families and Hawkeye just, oof, yeah. just out there and, you know, with your daughter just shooting the bow and arrow and <laughs> the snap happens Ow. and he doesn't know what's going on. He has no clue. And I couldn't even, I mean, and it, you know, the snap happened in Infinity War, I understand. But just seeing it from his perspective, and me being a family man, and I know Rich is a family man. I know it's others out there. I just got choked up in the movie theater because I'm just like, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. How, like, what do you do in that? And I know I get it. You know, it's for fiction movie, you know, whatever, whatever. whatever. No, no, no. No, man. but I'm saying, you know, in that yeah. instance, as far as the movie, but I know things like that can happen. But I just, yeah. I just start choking up because I'm just like, I, I wouldn't know what to do. I would, and I'm not. I'm no fighter or no war person like he is, so he did what he thought, I guess, to cope with it. And I understood his thing of saying, you know, how do I live with that? How do I live with what I've done? So I get why he wanted to sacrifice himself because if he didn't, he still has to go back and and look look at his family's face if it all works out, knowing knowing what he did, and he has to live with that. So that was just, oh man. Woo. And I'm going yeah, for me. Go ahead. Oh, no, keep going. I'm sorry, Jeff. No, 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 no. You go. You fine. Go ahead. No, I was going to say for me, it wasn't that much because with the snap in that moment, I could understand what he did from there. It's what happens. And this is something like we can't get in this movie. What happens after this? Because he's now done these things in the name of I've lost my family. What does he do now that he has his family? And people know what he's done for five years, and they're looking to take him. Ah. Like, that fear kind of gripped me, because he's been Ronin for five years just messing up criminal enterprises, like basically being the international punisher. What's going to happen now that he is the guy people are hunting down? Mm, that's interesting. And, 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 and another, another, you know, possible setup for the Disney Plus show. You know, because we know that's that's around the corner. So that could be the storyline of 
Well, you did all this, Ned. You gotta, you know, you gotta pay the, you gotta show me the receipts because now it's on. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it, it's time to talk about uh, Tony Stark's uh, Tony Stark. Yeah. I, uh, I am a big Iron Man fan. He is probably my favorite character, and this is before the MCU. If you were to go to my mother's house in Virginia, I have tons and tons box full of Iron Man comics. That was just my thing as a kid. So when the first Iron Man movie was announced, I was just super excited. And I understood, you know, he was a B plus player. He wasn't, you know, your 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 at that time or even even time you know like a Wolverine or or even a Captain America. He was a you know B plus hero. Um but I just gravitated towards him. And it maybe it was because those were the first comics I got by chance. And I just kept on reading them and reading them and reading them because by chance I just found them. Uh, I remember I was living in, a, living in an apartment some, somewhere in Virginia. I know it was me and my mom and dad. And this guy said, hey, it's a box out there with all these comics if you want them. Anyway, I just ended up picking them and, and it was over with for that. But anyway, so going into Iron Man 2008, I believe. I was excited. It didn't even matter if the movie was good or bad. I was going to see Iron Man. And then the casting happened. And all I heard was, well, you know, the jokes are, well, will he make it? You know, because Robert Downey Jr. was going through his thing and he was fighting his demons and, you know, trying to get better or whatever. So it was a lot riding on Iron Man, just alone, just a lot. And the movie was a success. And things just kept growing and growing and growing from that movie on. So here we are at Avengers Endgame and I'm thinking, hey, they may take take my man out at the beginning because he is 21 days out in, out in space. And I'm sure he's not eating because he was he was really he was really super skinny or was it just me? That first, uh, no, he was emaciated. He was even more emaciated than he was in the first Iron Man when he was in the desert. Okay, I was making sure it wasn't me because I was like, "Oh man, he really lost weight for this." So I'm thinking he's going, but no, my girl Captain Marvel comes and saves him. He gets down, they you know brings him back down to Earth, and he's pissed. Uh, he's pretty probably out of his mind too from being in space, but he goes after uh, Cap and. He has his feelings. He's upset. And I'm sure it's more lingering to the, you know, what they, you know, they never really hashed it out. They never really talked about what happened in Civil War. But I, so I'm guessing some of the venom was from that too. And, you know, he said, yeah. you know, we were going to lose together and they didn't lose together. They all lost, you know, it was one team losing in space and one team losing um, on Earth. So he's angry and five years later he has a family and you know he's happy. But what's hanging over him is what's really hanging over him is uh Spider Man, you know, Peter Parker, because he took him up there and I think, you know, him working on uh, you know, trying to go back in time and fix it was just, you know, something that he was gonna do anyway. He was going to just to even see if he could accomplish it. But he did accomplish it. He told um, Pepper and yeah, I guess she was like, hey, we got to You got to do what you got to do, basically, you know, because you got your happy ending. 
and but it was a you know it's more people who didn't. So he comes back, whatever, whatever. To make a long story short, we get to the end, and um, when he snapped his fingers, I knew, and you know, my wife looked over at me, and it was over, Rich. It was done. I was done. You couldn't say nothing to me, you know. All she could do was just hold my hand because she she knows. So it was just like, oh man. And Tom Holland, that kid gets me. He got me and he got me once in the Infinity Wars. You know, I don't want to go, you know, you know, I don't feel so good. And, you know, him just saying, We won. We won, Mr. Starks. I just don't know. And I'm gonna have to you, you just gotta take it away or say something, Rich, because I gotta get my composure. Yeah, no, it's for me. I enjoyed Tony's uh, run. Not only is uh, I, I enjoyed Robert Downey Jr.'s run as Tony, not only because of his acting ability, but because of his story. And uh, when you mentioned on Twitter, and I, I'm, I'm composed enough, I got Guardians of the Galaxy on FX on in the background to kind of keep me grounded. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic. He's, he, he, you know, as an alcoholic, you kind of live with that the rest of your life. I don't drink. I'm almost 40 years old, and I haven't, you know, I've had like three drinks in my life because of that and the fear of me having that genetically and the predisposition. Two of my favorite characters have been in life, Iron Man and Jake the Snake Roberts. And it was because both of those men and their struggles with alcohol still tried to be better and still tried to fight it. They wouldn't always succeed. Sometimes the demons would get them. I'm talking now, especially now with Robert Downey Jr. as much as real life. And just like my dad, I saw if they can do it, my dad can do it. And I see my dad doing it every day. He might have issues, but he's always trying to keep food. He's always trying to do his best. And if he does slip up, he owns it. Um, And so seeing Tony get this life for himself and kind of get right, but he's still that that thing. Pepper mentioned it, like you could sleep, but you won't rest. Like he couldn't rest because he still has this idea of, I could do more to stop what's coming. And, you know, the man creates time travel to prevent it from happening. And you you, you just, I feel for him. And, you know, when she, I, I thought about that because I saw it again last night because I want to make sure I was ready for this. When she tells him and, like, has a happy face on and says you can rest to give him his last, like, okay, now I'm getting a little, his last, uh, moments in life was his wife telling him she's proud of him she's happy his adopted son saying you know we did it we won and then she says you can rest and then he just dies and then once uh, uh friday acknowledges like he's dead she loses it was probably like dad killed me yeah but it was joy because he got to talk to his dad, and I think now, you know, I have a seven-year-old son, and there's things, just like he said about his dad, there's things I think about when I was a teenager. I was a young adult. I was recently married that I would have looked at and said, my dad was hard on me. My dad was mean. Why was my dad doing these things? And then I think about myself with my son. as like he was just trying to do the best he could. Yeah. You know, my dad had me when he was just out of the military. My mom was just graduating high school. And so when they were my age now, I'm 38, or I'm going to be 38 and weeks uh they had a 20 year old and two 18 year olds they have raised and i'm 38 and i got a seven year old and i'm i don't know what i'm doing i could imagine being this age and having a 20 year old that's in college yeah um so tony was like that got me and then to even have it his funeral 
the little kid from Iron Man 3. Oh, man, yes. Yes. I was just like, oh, wow. You know, it took me a minute, but I was like, oh, yeah, that's the kid from Iron Man 3. Because I was just wondering why he was standing by himself. But, it, you know, it makes more yeah. sense now because nobody really probably knew him. But, you know, he knew Tony. Mm-hmm. I man that 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 and and even when I thought I was good Rich even when I said okay I got past that happy talking to his daughter and the cheeseburger I was like oh I was like come on man come on what are y'all doing right now (laughs) I just stopped crying y'all gonna make me cry again and you know I think it was just it it was like I. T- it was like I somebody had asked me that saw it but we didn't really talk about it he said how did you feel about uh who they you know died i said i thought it was the right choice because what more you don't have to have iron man here anymore and i'm just speaking of the mcu in general it's fine it's gonna be okay and i think that i think that's what the russos uh kevin fergie i think that's what they were kind of saying hey everybody it's gonna be okay we're fine and you know we'll always it was like a salute to uh, to Tony Stark, the, you know, the MCU Tony Stark, and it was a salute to Robert Downey Jr. Like, we're going to be good. And I just found that it was fitting because <laughs> I try to tell people this all the time. You know, I get the jokes about, oh, well, Blade was the first. Yeah, okay, I get it. I get what you're trying to say. But without Iron Man succeeding, be- because if it didn't succeed, it just wouldn't have worked. Nothing, we wouldn't even got to, what, Five, right. three, four, five movies. It was we just. We would have gotten the two. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. We wouldn't even probably got. To, we wouldn't even probably got. You know that extension for, of. Well, we might have got the Incredible Hulk movie, but. But that's what I was gonna say. Look at Ang Lee's Hulk. What happened after that? Yeah, and it was just. It, I think it was a fitting end to the character, because Tony Stark's the character. You know, can go, but we already know. Oh, we can get. You know. Ironheart or, you know, somebody to carry the mantle uh, for, you know, that Iron Man. And rescue for a while. Hey, I'm not mad at that. How did you feel about the uh, the shout out for, uh, 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 what was it, A-Force? I loved it. I was I was talking to Shahid, who I believe you had on your second episode. Maybe it was your first. Uh, um, I'm, I'm starting to, <laughs> I don't got that many episodes. I can't remember. But I think it was the first. Yeah, it was the first. He was talking to me about how crazy it is. Like, there was this article I was reading, and someone was like, here are the things I want to see out of the next gen- uh, phase of the Marvel Universe. His first thing on the list was, I don't want anything in CG. And too many CG battles in the first three phases. The next thing is, I want to see more of A-Force in the movies. I was like, so let me get this straight. You're just going to have Carol Danvers and... Janet Van Dyne and all these other people, what what are they going to be doing? Just chilling at, at a Starbucks? Like, how are they going to use their powers if you're not going to use CG? Yeah, I don't get that one. Uh, and so that's why I was like, okay, this was great. Like, I loved it. I mean, we're going to see so many of these people in other roles in movies. And think about that. Marvel's done such a good job with casting. Other companies are like, we need to put these people together. Like Men in Black. Yeah. Thor and Valkyrie are going to be like, okay, we, we needed them together. We got to keep that going. Yeah. This is like helping out the actors, too, because now it's like, hey, you got time while you're doing your doing your Marvel yeah. thing to come do this movie for three or four months. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed that A-Force a because I felt like, and it was a, and I know the audience that I was in, the, the women went crazy. Like, they went, like, mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Like, that's, 
that's telling right there because, I mean, if an Avengers movie can do big numbers, I think an A-Force movie can do numbers as well. Maybe not to this point because I do think we're going to have a dip. And it's not a dip to say, oh, well, they didn't make this much. This month, this movie is a once-in-a-lifetime event for for us yeah. as far as our lifetime. Now, our kids' yeah. lifetime and their kids' lifetime, yeah, they may have it. But this is, I mean, we 1.2 billion. In a weekend. First weekend. That's insane. And when they drop next weekend, most movies will drop 50-60%. Even if it does that, it makes more next weekend than most movies will make in their entire run. Insane. Oh, wow. Like... (laughs) What they set up, and and this makes me, and then I was, you know, I was thinking about this too before we uh, got on the show. This makes me more happy that they were kind of strict on what directors needed to do and had to do in the movies, because you know certain directors, well, you know, they didn't want to, you know, play ball or they wanted to have it in their own vision, but they knew it was certain things they needed to have to get to this point. It's just amazing because that takes a lot. We 22 movies and you were kind of just like, and look how, another thing, I know I'm everywhere, I'm sorry. Look how important they made uh, Thor Dark World, Thor the Dark World. Yeah. Like you, they that had, was a movie we had as like that throwaway movie. We, everyone was like, eh. Yeah, now it's like, well, Thor the Dark World played an important part, you know, into, into the Avengers Endgame. Now, I'm not expecting everybody to go and watch Thor the Dark World now because, you know, it still was a movie that wasn't uh, receptive to everyone. Everyone didn't like it. But, you know, it was one of those movies right. that people would just be like, ah, you know, I'll pass and watch this movie or I'll watch another Thor movie. But it was a lot of fan service in this movie. And I enjoyed that as well. As far as callbacks and things like that. Um uh, what else you got? Because, you know, my my mind is going blank for the simple reason it is I wish I would have went yesterday to go see it again, but I had to wait and change my ticket to Tuesday for reasons. No, I got you. No, I think I think that's the the one last thing I wanted to add was in the snap, the one thing that got me with the second snap mm-hmm. or, the yeah, the second snap in this movie where Tony said, I am Iron Man, and he snapped. The fact that Proxima was holding Corvus Glaive, who had been killed by uh, Okoye during that A-Force intermission Mm -hmm. during the fight. She was holding his body as she faded to dust. And I was like, man, like, even on their side, like, y'all are crazy, but she rides hard. Like, even in that first fight in Infinity War, she was like, you'll never touch my man again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um. The one last... Oh, I'm sorry. I lied. One last thing. Oh, okay. And I will say this. Anytime somebody asks us about, ask me about Avengers, we got to take the slander on Wong out once everybody can talk spoilers. Because Wong, <laughs> if not for Wong, we wouldn't have had the Avengers assemble. I thought he was going to be chilling at the Eaton, Eaton Park, at the Tasty Freeze, just chilling. He really did. He really did do it. Wong came in and brought everybody. When I say everybody, he brought everybody. And then even then, Stephen was like, is that it? He's like, you want more? <laughs> well, I said, it's all I got. Oh, man. I, I just, uh, man, anybody who hasn't seen it, oh, man, just go see it. Just go see it. 
because like now I'm just thinking about I can't wait till Tuesday, you know, Tuesday morning. I'm going bright and early to go see it again. It was a, a just an achievement from everybody. I mean, from like I said, from Iron Man to get to Avengers Endgame. This has been a great ride. The ride isn't over, but this story is over. Um, and yeah, man, it's just a great movie. It's a fun movie. It's a movie that's going to have you everywhere. Like I said, maybe for different reasons and different points in the movie, but it's just a movie that if you've been invested in all these Marvel movies, you get the payoff. You truly get a payoff. Absolutely. So, Rich, I want to thank you for sitting in uh, this evening with me on this show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I would love for us to do this again. Uh, Absolutely. Doesn't necessarily have to be about movies. You know, we can always talk wrestling, whatever it may be. But I appreciate every everything that is that you do as far as uh, the PW Torch, your advice you give to me, uh, being on the show today. I, I just appreciate everything you, is that you do. Oh, I appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you for having me on. And then... I look forward to next time. I, you know, you're always open to come on uh, the uh, deep dive. Oh yeah, and I'm happy to have you. All right. Uh, so this is Jeff uh, versus the world. This is Jeff, and I'm signing out. But before I sign out, let me tell everybody: if you want to reach me at Twitter, you can reach me at Jeff versus the world, and you can follow me on Facebook at Jeff versus the world uh, Facebook page. Uh, this is Jeff and Rich, and we are signing out. Peace. <laughs>